Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and I'm a gamer. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today, in 1972, Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney, the co-founders of Atari, released Pong. Pong went on to become the first commercially successful video game and changed the landscape of gaming forevermore. Bushnell had been dreaming of bringing big arcade games to public locations like restaurants, movie theaters, pool halls, and amusement parks ever since he played Space War, the world's first digital video game. Space War was a simple interface video game set in space, where the players controlled a needle and a wedge, attempting to shoot each other across a star field. During his engineering degree in Utah, he pledged the fraternity Pi Kappa Alpha and also ended up working in a nearby amusement park. He was made manager of the games department of the amusement park after two years and was inspired by the carnival-style midway games where people paid for the chance to play in a game of chance. Bushnell and Dabney met at work and began building and designing games together. Their first game, a prototype called Computer Space, was sold to Nutting Associates in 1971. They manufactured 1,500 machines. But the game proved too challenging for the ordinary player, and Bushnell and Dabney decided they needed to create an easier arcade game. Bushnell took inspiration from a table tennis-based game on the first video game console, the Magnavox Odyssey, and designed a game where players simply tried to keep a ball moving with on-screen paddles. Bushnell and Dabney decided to found Atari to create a platform from which to launch the paddle and ball game. They named the company after a word from the Japanese board game Go. They hired a man named Al Acorn and got to work on the game that would become Pong. He built the solid-state circuitry that laid the groundwork for Pong and continued to be used in subsequent coin-op machines. Pong was a simple version of IRL table tennis or ping pong. The net is a dashed line in the center of the screen, and two white rectangles serve as the paddles. The instructions simply read, avoid missing ball for high score. Lots of people hadn't played a video game before, so these easy instructions were a great introduction compared to the complex rules of computer space. The first coin-op Pong was installed at Andy Capps Tavern in Sunnyvale, California in September of 1979. Local residents quickly fell for the game, giving it more attention than the jukeboxes and pinball tables that had traditionally lined the bar. The machine broke down after a few days, but Acorn realized it was only because so many people had been vying to play that the machine had just become too stuffed with coins. Despite this early success, large-scale pinball manufacturers weren't convinced that Pong would be a profitable business opportunity, and they declined the opportunity to invest in the game. 
but Bushnell and Dabney took the Andes Tavern experiment as a sign that Pong was ready for a larger audience. They launched the game on November 29th. Atari decided to continue building the machines themselves. They hired workers from the local unemployment office and thus were able to keep up with the demand. In the first year, they sold 8,000 Pong machines, and Pong became the first commercially successful arcade video game. It would eventually sell 35,000 machines, and each game brought in an average of $200 per week as a coin-operated machine. Atari kept it up by producing a spin-off game the next year called Pong Doubles, the first four-player video game. They then made a version for TVs called Home Pong. Today, Atari is still seen as one of the primary foundations of the arcade and the video game industry, even though the company was sold in 1985. Luckily, you can still play some of the all-time classic Atari games right on your phone, PC, or Switch. Let's fast forward for our music fact. Today, in 1997, Whitney Houston was supposed to play a concert sponsored by the Moonies, which is the colloquial name of followers of the Unification Church, who follow the teachings of Sun Myung Moon, hence the name Moonies. But Houston pulled out of the concert about two hours before she was supposed to start performing on stage. Why? It turns out that the concert was actually a mass wedding for over 1,000 Mooney couples, and Houston hadn't been informed of the true purpose of the event. Houston claimed that she had come down with a sudden illness. The Moonies said they wouldn't sue Houston for canceling on such late notice as long as she returned the million-dollar fee she'd been paid in advance. Houston reportedly returned the fee without hassle. Also, on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Fen, Lily is an English-based singer-songwriter known for her folk tunes. Today, she's here to talk about how she almost lost all of her songs. Hi, I'm Fen Lilly, and on this day in history, November 28th, I temporarily lost a year's worth of work. I was playing my first ever show in New York with Andy Schauf at the Sawdust and left my notebook backstage with all my lyrics in and somebody cleared it away. Um, We stayed up all night and eventually did find it, but that was the second time that I thought I had lost the entire record. Um, It's now been released in its entirety. It's fine. It's called Breach. But yeah, a non-story, but scary anyway. And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on November 29th in my life. November 29th, 2018, I wrote a journal entry to thank my followers on Twitter for 1 million listeners on Spotify. Um, And I can read it to you because I think it's really sweet. And I can look at now how far I've come 2020 now. I think I have 6 million people listening to me, which is really crazy. I can't process that number and I could barely process 1 million still, but this is what I wrote back in 2018 when I first hit the landmark. Hello you, a couple minutes ago I found out that we surpassed 1 million Spotify listeners. 1 million! That's a really big number. If you told me a year ago that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I might have laughed a little. I had plans on going to college and studying architecture and dreams of being able to work on music full-time, but thought those dreams were miles and miles away. Little did I know it would work out for me. I am still the same girl, I make music in my bedroom. Thankfully, now I have some more help to make it sound nice. But it truly is so surreal to think a million people have listened. My journey is far from over. At only 18, I have much to learn and much to experience. My hope is that I can continue to make and create things that you and I will love. 
My world feels very small a lot of the time. I sit in my room with my pets and watch rain fall outside. It is insane to me to think that I can connect with so many from such a small place. It's very cool. Bottom line is that I'm very lucky to be able to do what I can now, and it would mean nothing without you all. I'm not sure what path I would be on if it weren't the one that I'm on now. So thank you. I will do my best to make you proud. Love, Mom Tune. It is really cute reading this message because right now I'm still sitting in the same bedroom that I made all my work in. I'm back home with my family right now and spending the holidays with them. My cat is sleeping on my bed. And, you know, it's really comforting to think that nothing needs to change, even if you feel like things are changing around you. If you're comfortable with where you are, that should matter the most. And even though I have six million people listening to me on Spotify right now, it doesn't need to change the fact that I can still find comfort in the places that I come from. And I'm doing exactly that. I'm recording this podcast episode from my childhood bedroom as I also still watch the rain fall from outside and look around me and think about how things can stay the same and how they can change too. I don't know. It's very fascinating to think about where we've come from in our journeys. Goodbye for now, but come and say hello again tomorrow while listening on your favorite devices and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more facts from yesterday. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.